Hello, and welcome to LINK, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, knowledge, and global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. In this episode, Editor-in-Chief Marina Mayer talks with John Flynn, CEO of Fleet Advantage, about labor shortage in the freight and trucking industry amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's link to Marina and John's conversation now. Hello, my name is Marina Mayer. I am the Editor-in-Chief of Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. And I'm here with John Flynn, the CEO of Fleet Advantage. Hello, John, thank you for joining us today. Nice to see you, Marina. Nice to see you. So today's, today's discussion is to talk about the labor shortage in the transportation industry and kind of how the regulations of hours of service have, have changed as a result of everything going on in today's economy. So, um, you know, the labor shortage in the transportation industry, specifically trucking, um, the, it's always been existent. And now with the coronavirus, um, you know, pandemic happening, it's kind of further impacted that, that problem. You want to kind of explain how, how things have kind of shifted in terms of labor shortage in trucking? Yeah, there's been an extreme driver shortage uh, for multiple years. I think there's been a lot of discussion about just how many it is. I think that's uh, depending on who you talk with. Uh, but I'd like to, first of all, differentiate between the two segments of the industry. Uh, this, of course, is over-the-road tractor-trailer equipment, which is really the backbone of our supply chain. So I'm focused on that today. And that really is broken up into two segments. Uh, one is what we call the trucking or regulated segment, where they're a full-hire carrier. And that, that composes about 50% of the industry, give or take a little bit. And then the second one is... Uh, private fleets, which are corporate, corporate fleets like oh, Walmart or Costco or people like that, that have made determinations that they can either do it more efficiently themselves or they want to have, like Coca-Cola has it because they want to have their driver there with the driver's uniform that goes into the store. And there's quite a difference between the two. The driver shortages are uh, very high in the trucking of for hire segment. And the driver turnover is very high. In fact, it it's hovers around 92 to 95% over the last three to four years. Now, the private fleets are quite different, although they're all uh, they're certainly all different in their own. But generally speaking, I would say that turnover is closer to 25%. And part of the reason for it is that the private corporations or public companies, but they're private fleets, tend to have a little higher pay scale and a little better um, compensation package with health care and things like that. And I think their, their driver force is more steady. Uh, and there's certain industries within it, like the industrial gas industry, a fuel industry, where it's hazardous cargo. And that has a tendency to have more expertise and therefore better trained drivers and their longevity is better. But we have seen since coronavirus has hit a uh, big change. Uh, it's, uh, it's no longer a driver shortage. It's really a driver surplus right now. And I don't know how long, much longer that will continue. Most of that surplus does come from the for hire market, not so much from the private uh, fleets. Uh, some of the private fleets that are diminished uh, have been diminished are the ones that are supplying restaurants, for example. And that'll continue until COVID changes that, until they get into full swing of things again. Uh, there's been a high demand in the grocery and food deliveries and food processing. All the grocery stores you see, uh, they're, they're doing 20 to 30% greater volume than they did prior. 
And of course, it's really the opposite. People are eating at home as opposed to going out to a dining establishment for dinner, lunch, or whatever the case may be. The, um, the biggest thing I think that's going to change as time moves forward is uh, I believe that these companies, the smart ones, that are going to come out of COVID, they'll be a little more decisive about what they do in the future. And we're, we're involved in a campaign of safety. Uh, there's certain safety devices that were incorporated into uh, these tractors, trailers, about 2018 model year. Prior to that, much of the safety equipment we see today was not available. That safety equipment includes things like anti-collision, uh, lane change warnings, um, disc brakes, and uh, numerous other technologies, cameras. And I believe we're gonna have a better, higher quality drivers in the future. And I think they'll be better trained. They'll have better equipment, but only for those companies that, that really want to invest in that type of environment safety. So then how does something like the revised hours of service regulations, you know, they were revised to provide greater flexibility for drivers. And when you talk about that, you kind of, you know, somehow their safety is impacted to some degree. So, you know, what, what it, in your eyes, what do you think this, the, these flexible hours mean for the safety of the drivers and to the companies that hire them and employ them and maybe to yeah. the overall supply chain? Well, there's different segments there as well. If you look at the short haul segment, that's changed from 12 to 14 hour periods. Uh, I don't personally believe that's gonna have a tremendous difference in, in safety or anything else like that because they're short haul. They're not running over the road with long, arduous days. They're local. Uh, the second component of it is the uh, driving conditions exemption. They did extend that for two hours. In other words, if you're in harsh driving conditions, which could, could be anything from bad weather to heavy, heavy traffic, uh, they extended that by two hours. Um, once again, I don't think that's going to have a dramatic impact. It's hard to, hard to say. Uh, they did also change the 30-minute uh, break rule after eight hours of consecutive driving. Uh, you have a certain period of time. You have to take a break. And then they did a sleeper birth rule, which is... Uh, you used to have to go 10 hours of off-duty. Now you can split that to 8 and 2 and 7 and 3, meaning you can be off-duty for 8 and partial duty for 2. So they've made some compromises and changes. And then, of course, they've made a huge change regarding uh, food service and food delivery during this whole pandemic. Uh, they've given much more, uh, less restricted regulations during that time period. I don't recall the act. I think it's uh, CFR. 390 through 399. And that's given a little more liberal uh, capabilities to all the drivers, which I think was essential to keep the product moving. And what other regulations have you seen shift as a result of, of the coronavirus and how have these changes impacted trucking and transportation? Well, on the, on the food side, but I haven't seen anything yet on the safety of food yet which I would anticipate there will be something coming out on that because we've all heard about the plants that have shut down, whether it be pork plants or other producing plants, food producing plants. So I would suspect in the not too distant future, we'll see some repercussions to that. Uh, as far as the overall safety, I think right now uh, we're enjoying a, a respite from uh, multiple accidents because there's less traffic on the roads. 
there's less drivers, passenger cars, there's less trucks, they're running less miles. I think the last time I looked at it, the mileage was down about 13% year over year in certain segments of the market. So all these things add to uh, actually, hopefully a lower profile of incidents and better safety records. Time will tell. And, and for a lot of, you know, a big discussion point that we see in the industry is, is how to further promote trucking to our young professionals, the ones that are coming out of college and, mm -hmm. you know, may not necessarily know what avenue of the supply chain they want to go in. Um, you know, safety obviously is a big thing in technology. So what, what are some things that you kind of see in the future, maybe following the coronavirus that, that could be helpful and enticing the, these young professionals to this industry? Yeah, very good question. I think that's probably the most important item you could ask uh, because the industry is, has been suffering from the lack of new incoming people at a young age. Uh, and there's been multiple reasons for it. I think that some of the old definitions or old traditions of trucking has changed a quite bit over the last four or five years. A lot of that has come as a result of technology. I know the trucks we drive today are vastly different than they were 10 years ago. Uh, in fact, I was just with one of the OEMs yesterday, and they announced to me confidentially, so I can't mention who it is, <laughs> that their new dashboards now are not going to have any more of the analog devices whatsoever. They're all going to be just like you'd see in your computer. They're going to be touch screens. They'll have diagnostics on them, and you can actually shape them and, and put them where you want to. So instead wow. of being into a truck where the oil gauge would be in a certain position and the, the heat of the engine might be another position. You'll actually be able to take those and alter them to your own desire, save them under your code, and then it'll go back to a standard code from the factory. So if a driver gets into that vehicle, he can just put his code in and he'll have a screen just the way he wants it. Uh, I think things like this will attract the, the younger generation. I mean, it's a good, it's a good income. And it's a steady income. Uh, there's a lot of demand for it. Uh, trucking continues to grow. There's over 3.1 million tra tractors on the road today. And I'm going to say about 10 years ago, there's about 2.7, 2.6. So it's substantial. Uh, and I think that will continue. Uh, the biggest thing in trucking that's going to change everything is the autonomous truck. I don't know how much you've really heard or read about that. Have you had much information on it? We, we've heard of it. We haven't, beyond that, seen or heard much of anything in terms of anything that's coming out anytime soon. Um, uh -huh. If you want to share some information or insight, um, you know, we're all ears. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to me because I've been in the industry for about 35 years. And candidly, for the first 25, it was very slow moving when it came to taking on new ideas and innovative ideas. Uh, it seemed like legacy practices stayed forever. In the last 10 years, there have been more advances in the equipment and, the, and how it's handled and how it's managed than there were in the prior 20 or 30 years. Uh, this particular part of the journey is going to be to autonomous vehicles. And what they're doing now is they're putting all the capabilities in year over year. Uh, in fact, they have some capabilities they put in two years ago that won't be used for another three to four years. You'll be actually able to download software to activate those components. The goal at the end of this, uh, and some people will tell you it's 
five to seven years away, others might tell you it's 10 or 15 years away, uh, would be to have what we call an autonomous truck, but it would still have a driver in it. Uh, the driver, however, would be free from managing the truck, essentially. The, the truck would be driving itself with cameras and safety techniques and various other components they put into it. They're capable of doing it today. I mean, they're running them out now. True Simple is one of the companies out in uh, Arizona that's already run thousands of miles with them with, with no driver. They still put someone in the truck for safety purposes. And that's what I think will be the next shift. How long it will be is hard to tell. And when that happens, then you've got a person that no longer is merely a driver. He's going to be booking his next uh, transaction. He's going to be doing multiple administrative tasks and other things that will better inform his company about how to be more productive and more efficient. And I think that that's going to attract the younger, younger person in the industry. Right. I was actually just going to say, I feel like that may kind of glorify that entire role. Right. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, these, these drivers, especially during this pandemic, have been the heroes. Um, you know, they, they've been at the forefront trying to continue moving product. And there's something to be said for that. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of these young professionals don't look at it as, you know, a glorious role, no. you know. It's so that, that, that kind of technology, I feel like, is, is, is going to help in enticing them to, to kind of make, make them think that, hey, it's an essential position. I get paid well and I get all these cool gadgets to play with. So um, that's kind of cool. Uh, I'm glad you used to hear you, you used the word heroes because to me, uh, truck drivers are heroes. And in fact, we involve ourselves every year in a truck rodeo championship that occurs in Orlando. And we've supported that for eight or 10 years and probably will continue. Uh, these guys do a lot of work. I mean, people don't realize that anything you touch during the course of a day, there's a likelihood of 95% likelihood that at one time or another, it's been on a tractor trip. Right. So if you realize that uh, and think about it, uh, your day-to-day -day activities, you realize how much we have to be thankful. For the well, ab absolutely. And I just had an interview with, with somebody and they talked about how when the rest stops shut down, how that something like that impacts the drivers and you know, the average American doesn't think of those things. But mm -hmm. to the truck driver who's crossing state lines and, and driving for long periods of time, that, that rest stop is probably the highlight of his or her day at that point in time. So, um, you know, you just don't think of those things, but you know, when a pandemic hits, things just shut down, but they just keep going. And so there's something to be said for that. So I think that, you know, through all of this, hopefully um, more and more of our, our young professionals kind of see that and understand that. I think the general public has identified uh, the importance and they yes. like many things, we take things for granted. Right. And uh, this time around, people are realizing that without that, what would you do? You right. wouldn't have Because everyone's worried about getting toilet paper, but I'd be more worried about getting food. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, wonderful. So was there anything that we didn't cover regarding labor shortage or regulations that you feel is, is necessary to our audience? Let me take a look. I made a few notes earlier today. Um, I think the most important part is getting the, the fleets well financed because the faster we can advance this technology, especially safety technology, the better it is for everybody. Uh, I believe in zero accidents. We're capable of reaching a zero accident toll. 
there's really none. Uh, and that's going to involve technology. There's always going to be some uh, development of human error in this. But with the technologies they have now, I was out at a testing uh, site out in Texas about, uh, about a year ago now. And I actually was a little uh, concerned about doing it, but I got in the cab and drove toward a brick wall and allowed it to stop itself. <laughs> and it was frightening for a little bit of moment there because it came so close to it before it applied the brakes. And, and it, was, uh, it was very interesting to do and to witness. And with the technology, one of the things that's very important that came into play was also disc brakes, which have been in automobiles for decades. They stop this, the stopping distance is about 30% improved on disc brake trucks than it is old style truck, old style brakes. So there's a lot of things happening that are very positive. Um, we encourage our customers to really treat their drivers special and, and to give them the best equipment they can get, the highest degree of safety. And in fact, our company promotes a shorter life cycle. Instead of operating the trucks seven or eight years, which the truck is perfectly capable of doing, uh, we recommend they operate them about four years. And surprisingly to them, they, they thought that that change would be more costly to them. And I think they've been surprised. We do data analytics and we track the cost of the fuel, the maintenance, and all the factors that go into it. And it's undeniable that if you run the truck a shorter period of time, uh, you actually can have a lower cost than you would running in a longer period of time. Mm. However, you've got to have professional expertise at the end of that four years because the, 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 the difficult part of the transaction is being able to take that four-year-old vehicle and, and recondition it and sell it into the aftermarket, aftermarket at a higher retail price. And, and it's good because there's plenty of companies out there that need a truck of that caliber but they only operate 20 or 30,000 miles a year. So they're likely not, they're not ever gonna buy a new truck. Right. It's too expensive. Uh, you can get a four-year-old truck for about 50 cents on a dollar. Hmm. So you're getting it to half the price and it's still got plenty of life left. So I find the business to be fascinating and it's a, it's a very important part of the, of the cycle because it was kind of an old style uh, tradition for so many years and now it's really coming into itself. Right. That's a good way to put it. I mean, it really has. Um, so wonderful. So um, I think that's it for today on our end. And I appreciate you taking the time to um, talk about labor shortage and, and maybe we can revisit this conversation again in the future. Hey, it's been my pleasure. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you to John Flynn from Fleet Advantage for taking the time to talk with us today. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday to link the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, knowledge, and global supply chain intelligence. <laughs>